Welcome to All of the Above, where we want to talk about philosophy of ministry, theology, books, um, anything that relates to following the Lord Jesus, and so we call it All of the Above. My name is Aaron Markham. I am one of the pastors at Ridgewood Church, and super excited to be back hosting. I feel like it's been my first time in a good while. Back with my good buddy, uh, partner, you know, in arms, Trevor Hoffman. Trevor, what's going on? Oh man, just thinking about an NSYNC song from the early 2000s. What song? <laughs> what song? <laughs> Is it called Pop? I think it's just called Pop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The one yeah, that yeah, starts yeah. off with Dirty Pop. Yep, yep. That's a good one. NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, that's awesome. All right, well, this question actually maybe works pretty well here. Okay. My my uh, surprise question is, what's the coolest thing you owned as a child? Oh, easy. I had a Nerf football that was in the shape of a brain. <laughs> How can it be a football if it's in the shape of a brain? Don't knock it too tight, It seems Aaron. like it's a brain. Man, you send that brain <laughs> Made out of Nerf scoring material. touchdowns with a, with a Nerfy brain. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. It That's was like amazing. in like 95, 96, something like that. I was about eight or nine years old. Yeah, man. It was a Nerf football. It was a brain. It came in like a test tube. Like that was its thing. I think it was a Nickelodeon thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was sick. That's awesome. Until my little sister started taking <laughs> taking bites out of it, <laughs> which makes it even better because it was a brain. <laughs> That's amazing. Brie just, just munching Brie on just that. eating the. Munching on that brain. The Nerf brain football. Wow. Yep. There you go. <clears throat> Um, my wife says sometimes when it's you and I, we're almost like too conversational, um, in our, in our approach to these podcasts, Sorry. but I'm just saying this is, that's the point. Like, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to, we're just trying to be in your car with you or right. at your kitchen table. In case if you're listening, just, hanging out. just know that when you make fun of me for talking about food or for being too conversational on podcasts, just know that Audrey's in the car listening with you and she likes hearing. She does like listening to Mr. Trevor. So she's like, can I listen to Mr. Trevor? Yeah. So Audrey, this is for you. Casey, this one's not for you, (laughs) but this one actually hopefully will be for, for Casey, (laughs) um, for anyone, for anyone, uh, that really is in our church. Hopefully this is, this is beneficial. So, um, we are talking a little bit about uh, the family. We wanted to follow up. We had a parenting summit back a few weeks ago where we spent a weekend with 25, 30 couples in our church just talking about parenting, talking about the family um, with Stephen Watson, pastor at Renewal Church of Anderson, great brother, uh, great sister church. And so we, you know, Trevor and I sitting here, we, we obviously love our families dearly. I love my wife. Um, love our kids. Same would be said for for Trevor. But kind of the the question that that sits out there, you know, for us is: Do we idolize the family? Kind of well, how how can we diagnose? How can we think about when family becomes an idol? Now, most things really don't operate in black and in white. There's really only gray. There's kind of challenges when you think about almost any topic or any idea. So, Trevor, what are what are the challenges in having this conversation around family? Do we idolize the family? What are some of the challenges in the conversation? Yeah, and that's been something that's been um, an accusation that's been made uh, against the evangelical church. Um, I've kind of been a part of the internet discourse, um, I don't know, the last 10, 15 years or so, is that the evangelical church has a, has a family problem and that it overemphasizes the family. Um, 
And the, the tensions that we feel with that is, on the one hand, like we can very much imagine settings where marriage and family is painted as the ideal life, as if it's like the, that's the finish line, and that's the goal of life is to get married and have kids. Um, and that it's, uh, that it's some kind of Shangri-La, you know, when you, when, when, you, when you have a family, you've arrived, everything's hunky-dory, you can take the Easter pictures, and they can all have the matching, the, you know, the hat, the Christian lady hat, she can wear that in the picture, and the, uh, you know, you can all, anyway, uh, we imagine that that's kind of the, the ideal life, but the, the problem is, is that for many of us, we get there, and we realize it is very much not ideal, it is very challenging, very difficult, it is very far from paradise most days. I told a story uh, to a bunch of students this weekend about a time when my oldest was maybe less than a year old. Yeah, he would have been less than a year old. He got into his diaper in the middle of the night, and he spread the contents of his diaper all over everything. That was that is that is not an ideal situation. Mm. We burned the house down and never. Just kidding. Um, yeah, Casey. Uh, I, I was talking to her. I was at the grocery store and trying to yeah just get us a, get us a few groceries, and we were talking on the phone. She was like, "Well, I." Sam just blew out his diaper, and Audrey walked to me, walked with, to me with poop on her hands. Oh, nice! And this was like a week or two nice. ago. So it's like, man, the joys, and you know, yeah, yeah. So it is, and and I mean, poop stuff aside, I mean, just the amount of work and selflessness it, it draws out of you. Um, so it's very much not an ideal life, um, in a lot of ways, as rewarding and beautiful as it is. And, and there's also. I can also imagine a scenario in which churches so emphasize the family that they alienate people who who aren't married or who don't have kids, oftentimes by no choice of their own. Um, circumstances have, have resulted in them being in, in those uh, life situations, and as a result, they feel excluded or second fiddle at best, as if their role at the church is to just, you know, exclusively serve the family. Mm. So I can, I can imagine scenarios in which you know both of those things are the case and i would yep. say like th- that's obviously not good but on the other hand one of the things that we've talked about aaron and i've talked about a lot uh, is um well on, on the one hand experience in the bible speak about the good of these things about the good of marriage and about the good of family as you know goods in themselves to be pursued and even if the bible didn't speak to those things i think i think god has wired it you know in the human race um you know, wired as such that we, we do desire those things and see the good of those things. Uh, but also, we live in a moment where there are so many cultural voices who are degrading those things and who are attacking the very foundations of those things. And so, you know, it, when it comes to the question of whether or not the church idolizes the family, it almost feels like, you know, should the church be another one of those cultural voices that is degrading the family? It's kind of like, who is left to celebrate these things but the church, in a lot of ways, it feels like. So that's that's the tension that I think I feel. Like, you know, for those who make that accusation on the one hand, I don't think it's ungrounded, but on the other hand, it's kind of like who's who's left to celebrate the good of marriage and, and having children? Yeah, uh, that that's what hit, hit me when we were talking about this, you know, a week or two ago, is just thinking about the church being one of one of the last entities to speak super positively towards marriage, and towards kids, I mean, really both. Um, you know, how how much kind of negativity do we hear towards both of those things from, you know, kind of cliches, the ball and chain of marriage or, you know, whatever. My kids are, you know, always going off the deep end or things are always bad and almost this kind of like consistent woe is me um, when in reality it's, it's such a good thing. Um, 
and even wanting to speak positively towards marriage in in uh, almost mixed situations. Like my marriage with Casey is absolutely amazing, and I'm going to talk about it with you know the person at the grocery store if we're talking about marriage or if you know the person taking care of us at a restaurant or any of those things it's like we we don't hear much about like i'm in a really good marriage and i'm in you know Mm. i love my kids they're they're hard and there's trying times so that that has really stuck out for me the need to kind of carry that that side of the tension um while also still obviously recognizing all of us are much more complex beings even those who are maybe married or have kids we're still more complex than those two identity markers but then we are you know kind of filled up with with others so what what needs do you feel like we currently have in our church what's what's kind of the state of our church ridgewood church as it relates to this conversation yeah i mean one of the unique needs of our body is that we do have lots of children running around um and so we we feel a burden to resource our parents well with that um we feel a burden to help parents think about discipling their kids. And we know that uh, from conversations that we've had with innumerable families in our body, like it's not just a burden we feel, it's like something they feel too. They want to be resourced and helped in that. So we want to, we want to respond to that. We want to pastor our church well, given where it's at right now. We recognize it's not always going to be this way. Um, But we also, we don't want to think that our church is made up of exclusively parents. And um, you know, one thing that we hope we haven't communicated with, our emphasis over the last couple of months on parenting and the parenting summit and all of that is we don't want to speak as if our church is just made up of parents. And uh, we recognize that there's widows and empty nesters and young singles and married couples who uh, can't have children biologically, you know, so, so we want to make sure that they are seen and they are heard and that they, they feel as if they have a, a place within our body. Although recognizing that there are a lot of kids right now and that's just a, that's just kind of where we at where we're at, you know. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's where right. we at. Yeah, that is that is where we're at, and so we want to we want to push into that, and we want to you know shepherd the body as a whole, which means there's also the, the tension I always feel in this conversation is like there's just so many good things to address. Parenting is a good thing, marriage is a good thing, singleness is a good thing. Yeah, being empty nesters is an amazing thing. You know, you've you've sent your kids out. Um, you know, be even even being a widow is obviously a, it's super hard, but it's also a, can be a really great thing. Like I celebrated 20, 30, 40, 50 yeah. years of marriage with somebody like that's incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, have have raised kids or, you know, whatever. There's there's so much good um, that we want to emphasize in kind of all of these scenarios that, you know, at any one point, if we're talking about one thing, it can feel less than the other and that's even you know part of our hope going forward is to do more of these discipleship summits and you know some are going to be on parenting and some are going to be on marriage and then others are going to be on theology and finances and life and you know other life topics that apply to to any and all um because we recognize our body is in in very different places yeah so as we're thinking about the family and it really if i could just reiterate like it's not this is not always going to be the case for our church uh, the reality is, as the leadership ages, as you and I get older, as our elder team gets older, Jim's already old, Josh is already pretty old, <laughs> as the elder team gets older, um, and as our kids get older, it it's just going it, to, it's natural that the body kind of reflects what the leadership looks like. That's right. right? And so it's not always going to be the case that there's going to be a lot of little ones running around. So in some ways, it's kind of a, 
let, let's let's embrace this time and let's try and do this time really well mm. corporately. That's really um, well Because it's, it's not always going to be like this. It's not always going to be the abundance of, of little ones like we have. That's right. And obviously we, you know, I think we would put ourselves on the other side of a church plant at this point, but a lot of times church planting lends itself to, this is a big caricature, but like people in their 20s yeah. and then the empty nesters who are kind of able to be around. You're just not able to produce much for you know youth age kids yep. that then limits 40 year old parents you know or you know whatever yeah. it's just kind of it, it's harder so it lends itself to certain people so then you just grow with time um conversations we're now having in the elder team is like when do we when do we baptize a child when does a when does a child become a member of our church um those kinds of conversations that you didn't have to have when you planted and there was Jude and, and Piper and, yep. you know, one of the Gardner children or yep. something. Um, you know, the, those those conversations just yep. didn't have to happen. So d- does the church have an idol? Kind of thinking not necessarily specific about our church. Does the church have an idol of, of the family? Yeah, it's, I would just say it depends. Um, I'm hesitant to make sweeping statements about the church or even the evangelical church as if it were a monolithic thing. Um and I'm hesitant to do that almost in any topic. Yeah, correct, um, yeah. I mean, I know we have to write and think, and we have plenty of commentators and pastors and online articles that we read that have bigger Christianity in, in mind. But a lot of times, even at community group, I'll try to emphasize, we are talking about our church, and we are talking about you specifically. Like, let's just not get out to Neverland that you can really caricature however you want to caricature. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, I mean, some some people in some settings need to hear this singleness, singleness is good. I think of Paul in Corinthians 7 when he says, you know, I wish that everybody were like me, and that they were single, and that they didn't have the restraints or the constraint of family so that they could do ministry. Um, singleness is good, and singleness is a vocation, and it is a calling, and it is something that's worth um, celebrating. That's that. right, and we have some, we have many singles in our body who are just killing it and serving our body, caring for our body making Jesus known, doing their jobs in amazing ways. 100%. Some folks need to hear that marriage and family is not going to fix your problems. It's not going to bring you ultimate fulfillment. It's not the paradise that you're thinking it is. It's not some holy grail. Uh, It's a good, but it's not a God, right? That's the definition of idolatry is when we make a good thing, a God thing. Marriage and family are not a God. Uh, But others of us need to hear that marriage is good. It's not easy to be sure, but it's good. It is a... It is a it is a capital G good. It is a good that the Lord gives us that we um, that that the normal pattern for most of us is to pursue, and that God will sanctify us through it, and that it does honor the Lord. And then again, others need to hear that children are a blessing. You know, contra whatever our cultural kind of voice voices are saying against that, that children are a blessing, both natural and adopted. Uh, we should pursue having them. They require sacrifice and commitment, but they're good for our souls, and it's good for our churches, and our church in particular, to emphasize the need to raise them well. It's 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 good to celebrate and nurture human life. Um, so then do we have an idol at Ridgewood? I mean, I pray, no, that we don't. We God alone is worthy of worship, but what I do know is that some people would say that we emphasize it more than, than they would like us to, which is probably true, but that does not necessarily mean that we have an idol, just because we... Um, press it more than would be your preference that does not therefore make us guilty of idolatry. Um, but of course, we want to grow in our care of people in Ridgewood, single married, widowed, 
uh, everything else, you know, a million times over, a million times yes, we want to we want to grow in our care for for folks who fit in every stage of life. Yeah, that's that's really well said. We 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 care about all aspects of knowing and walking with the Lord, which brings people in many many different phases of life, um, and we want to do it together. And even really, uh, you know, almost like paradigm shifting a little bit. It's like hopefully our church is a family kind of at its most foundational mm. aspect. You know, we're, that's right. We, we use the language of, you know, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're aunts and uncles in the faith to the kids. We're grandparents in the faith to kids. We are, you know, even in discipleship relationship, we're almost kind of like father and child or mother and child. Um, those images that we see in the scripture and then we see carried out in life. Hopefully we, we taste that our church is a family foundationally, you know, I think about even, um, you know, somebody in my community group, Melin, um, I mean, she feels a major part of our family, Hmm. um, you know, hangs out with our family a good bit, watches our kids. Um, I mean, I'm super grateful for her, super thankful for her. Um, you know, don't know what we would do without her. And so it's like, that seems kind of foundational to Hmm. who's family. Um, think about, you know, Josh and Daniel Cut and the way they serve our church in 100%. so many ways, yeah. and so many other, you know, men and women, single, married, with kids, without kids, and and hopefully in many ways we're we're forming a family uh, together. I think of um, Matthew chapter twelve when I had to look up the reference to make sure I was right. Matthew chapter twelve when Jesus is approached by uh, some Jesus is, is teaching and some folks approach and say, "Your family's here," and they're probably concerned that Jesus is going to get himself killed. And Jesus says, who is my family? Who's my mother and brother but those who do the will of the Father? Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are my mother, brother, sister. Um, he recognizes that there's a, there is a, a very real sense in which belonging to Jesus and receiving the Heavenly Father as your Father uh, makes your church family your family. Um, and so, uh, yeah, even spinning back to what we were saying at the beginning— um, there's a way to even underplay that, to underplay the fact that we are made a family. Even our, our individual families are incorporated into this larger family, which is the household of God, the local church. So I think that's exactly right. And we want to we wanna live as if that were the case. We use the language of aunts and uncles in the faith. We, we want that to be reality. Mm-hmm. We, we want our children, those of us who have kids, to see other adults as aunt and uncle kind of figures. I, I want to see some of the older saints in our body as, you know, my aunt and uncles, you know, uh, in the faith. So uh, we hope that that very much is the case for Ridgewood. That's right. And we, we have loved even seeing, you know, like after a Sunday gathering, mm-hmm. um, I've been realizing even getting in my car, it's like 1210, 1215, 1220. It's an hour after has ended and people are hanging out, milling about, fellowshipping, you know, some have gone to lunch, whatever. I mean, we just want to see our body be a family and be connected. Um and hopefully that that radiates really the the beauty of family buying in, loving one another. Trevor, any other thoughts? Any other closing thoughts that you would give us? I just wonder how that Nerf ball tasted when Bree just chomped it. I, Speaking I know, of family, I know it was I know it was terrible. I'm sure. Speaking of family as well, I need to apologize to my my wife. I shouldn't. I should not. You know, call her out in any kind of podcast form to before <laughs> before you. Um, we, uh, Trevor and I don't often, we, we do a, you know, a little bit of prep and then we like to have a lot of conversation. Um, when Casey, Casey and I went ahead and, um, recorded a podcast that's going to come next Christmas about Christmas rom-coms. Oh, wow. And, but, but for that one, we needed to be like 
we had all our stuff written out and we were organized. Casey is more organized than you and me. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for her in that. Um, crazy, Casey, crazy. Casey has many, <laughs> that, that was not a, that was not a slip. Jonathan's laughing over here at me for saying that. Casey has many wonderful qualities. That's right. Many wonderful qualities. That's right. I think very highly of, of Casey. I'm thankful for her. And so super grateful for, you know, our families, but super grateful for our church uh, family to be a part of Ridgewood. Even Trevor was gone this past Sunday, texting me asking, you know, how was how was service? And he was like, it was great to be where I was, but man, Ridgewood is, I think you even said maybe home. Yeah. Um, is, is just family. Like that's, that's where we're meant to be. So we hope that is... The same for you at, at Ridgewood, and we'd encourage you to, to buy in, plug in, get in people's homes, hang out with people. Um, and if you are not at our church, pray that where at whatever church you're in, you're just investing deeply uh, in the people in the people there. Grateful that you took time to, to join us today, and we'll look forward to talking to you soon.